Yeah, hey again. This is Fred, and we're going on a walk. And thanks for joining me. But the thing is, I have to say, maybe you're getting to know me a little bit uh, already, but I'm not walking at this point because I'm driving my Seafoam Blue 94 4x4 to where it is we're going. And to tell you the truth, I'm not exactly sure where that is yet. I'm going to just drive for a short ways in close proximity to where I am now, which is my home. And then I'm gonna just pick a spot and stop somewhere I never actually poked my nose into, just to make it, keep it fresh. And uh, also, I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pop in my, uh, this tape, I don't even know what it is, this tape. Yeah. It's my buddy's hard rock tape. Yeah, it's my buddy's hard rock tape, and uh, I borrowed it. I have no idea what it is. Oh, there's Kathy right there. So she has no idea that I'm doing this, and I'm going to pull over and say, Hi, honey. She's going on a walk. I can tell it's her because she always wears a scarf. She's got a red hat. She has a determined swing gate, a determined gait. She's waving to me. See? So I have my headphones on. Um, How many have you done? I'm doing one right now. No, I'm not, because this is what I have to do. I just do it when I'm doing it. Hang on. <laughs> I've done four. This is my fifth. No, it's okay. It'll work. See ya. Yeah, she, um... Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm just gonna go up here. So I'm driving along the river. This is where I live. It's a beautiful river. And I'm constantly... Ah, can't listen to that. Can't listen to any of that. Sorry, I didn't mean to put that on. Just going out to the highway. here, dipsy doodling to some bigger woods. So these woods are located further away from the ocean, right? Remember we were talking about ecotones earlier a little bit. We had the dune grass environment, uh, the coastal environment, and then the, the regenerative forest environment. And then on the opposite side of the river, you got a mature forest. Um, you know, you're further away from the ocean and all the erosion and all the wind and all that kind of stuff. Now you got this well, I can't go there because, um, yes, I can, so I will. So turn around right here. I really should just be walking and not driving, but I thought this would give you some context. And it also allows me to talk while I'm driving and going here. I have no idea what, we'll, that, what we will encounter. And uh, there is a song sparrow. And 
and I'm doing all this stuff in real time. I don't think uh, Kathy really wanted to be involved. It was just a circumstance. I saw her walking on the road. And so she kept going. It's not really her gig. This is my gig. She's okay to be away from me while I'm doing it. It's kind of hard to be myself without saying to you that I'm also part of my partner because we've been together for so long. <laughs> but, you know, it's just different. Lover. It's not different. It's great because of the... Uh, gosh, now I'm talking personal stuff. I'm going to stop. Yeah. Because it seems open, like an open environment because there's nobody here. But in fact, there is. There's any of you who are listening. So one of my keys, I guess, will I'll have to be cognizant of that and not relay too much personal information regarding my family, etc., and so forth. Let's just talk nature. I'm going out of my truck. Hey, there's a very thrush. Beautiful. Yeah, we get the very thrushes here um, more in the winter, it seems. And uh, um, they come here and congregate down where there's no snow. And I'm just staring at this beautiful uh, varied thrush right now. And it's right above the um, sort of dumpster where I am, at this trailhead where I am. And I didn't really want to say that because I'm trying to impart beauty everywhere. But it's a beautiful bird above a dumpster. And it's on an alder branch. And he's just looking at me. I got the child mind going on. And I don't think he's too worried. Oh, there he's all of a sudden excited. Oh, you can hear him chirp. I'm doing it on this side, so I'm a bit louder. Oh. Yeah, oh, there he is. He's got, oh, now he's getting into a more picturesque uh, environment, further away from the dumpster. And he's in a uh, mature, relatively mature Sitka spruce, and there's moss all over the branches and stuff. So he's on his dead branch down low. Oh, just took a turd. And uh, there's moss, you know, just beautiful moss. And this beautiful scene of this beautiful bird, varied thrush. Um, when we get them here in the winter, they congregate in big groups when it's, the conditions are harsh. And uh, especially at my place, we see lots. Not always, but um, when they're here, they're here. And it's just so cool to be surrounded by hundreds of them with snow. Right? And they're in the Salal. Remember, you may have heard in an earlier talk about Salal. It's an interesting shrub that we have here. And... Uh, some like it, some loathe it. I happen to love it. But when you're climbing through it, it's kind of harsh. But the snow-covered salal, with the uh, still having uh, salal berries hanging like grapes, even in the winter, um, it's, uh, it's a good source of food. Like if the bears didn't eat all the salal berries, there's still some left for the buried thrushes. And, uh, you know, sometimes after it's frozen and then he warmed up again, uh, you get this kind of ice wine chill on the salalberry wine where they have they've actually become fermented and the um varied thrushes can get tipsy so 
Uh, I was talking earlier before about um, being on a remote island on the north coast here and um, and uh, being in the deep salal with those, little, I call them swamp bucks, they're not really swamp bucks, that's just what I call them, those stout little snarky little bucks. Um, and then also, <coughs> excuse me, deep under the canopy of the, in the salal and you've got like snow on the salal and dripping wet, Ugh. Uh, builds character. And then you have um, the varied thrushes in there and they're eating these berries, which in fact are getting them drunk. And so they're like hanging out and they're just kind of tipsy. So you can get up to close to them and observe them in this way. I'm certain I've been observed in a similar way on occasion. So it feels kind of good to turn it around and observe that bird. Uh, I've heard of other people actually, well, I'm not going to say that. There's, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Okay, so look where we are. This is an interesting stand. Um, this region here, the uh, forest uh, had a fire uh, in the broad uh, part of this region for about 140 years ago or so around the 1880s and as a result it burned uh, a lot of the other existing forest um, which is unusual uh, to have happened here in a rainforest such as this where we're at the heart uh, we're at the central you know heart of rainforest man we're in like great bear rainforest we're like you know Haida Gwaii right super wet hyper maritime <laughs> environment and uh, so fires are kind of weird to conceive of, like big forest fires. But it did happen. You can, when you're walking through the woods here, like we'll do, we'll go and we'll observe the stumps where you can see the scars of the, of the charred um, uh, stumps and their remnants in there. And all the every trees growing around them are, you know, have re have come back. Now they're that's what we're walking through here. So it's probably about a hundred. 40-year age stand. And I'm just saying that, you know, but that's basically what it is. And then you have the remnants in there dispersed that never got caught by the fire and they're bigger, older. Oops. Yeah. So, we're right now I'm down low on the river, but what I feel like doing is climbing up higher here. So, we'll get up on that ridge. I think I was talking about it earlier the ridge and the bluff. Yes, I was when the eagle was cruising along there and uh, with the ducks hunting them and the shorebird that I could not identify. So we're on the opposite side of the river now, uh, getting up into that ridge of the area which I was earlier describing on an earlier episode. So I'm just climbing up here and there's spruce cones all underneath my feet. It's been, you know, it rains here a lot, so this little trail's kind of washed out a bit, but on the sides, it's all, you know, pretty vibrant green with the mosses and stuff. And of course, woody debris, downfall, logs, that type of thing. But, you know, relatively open understory. Down low, the shrub layer. Ooh, they're coming up with the roots of this big spruce. on this bluff now. I mean, it's a pretty big tree. Uh, 
It's not like the huge spruces, but kind of fun to take a look at him. He's kind of bulbous at chest height and about, you know, like a meter and a half wide. And we're on the up high now looking down at the river. It's getting kind of wet on the trail here. A little void some of this. Here we go. Yeah. Ooh, you know what? This is a, uh, this is the way everybody goes. It's down the murky trail. And it is kind of windy. It is kind of, uh, middle of winter and it's been raining, so. I'm gonna put my gloves on and I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna go on the trail. I'm just gonna put the microphone down for a minute. Gear up here, hang on. Yeah, I'm still here, I've just put my gloves on. Probably you'd rather hear the wind than me. Get off the freaking trail. Just boot in here. It's harder in here. Maybe I should go back on the trail. Because I have to climb over Deadfall now. Because I'm in not very far off the trail. And I'm already into Deadfall. So that means I'm struggling to step over all these broken down trees that have fallen over, creating a matrix of debris which has all types of other life growing on it and inside the protection of this sort of oh what do i call it fencing of dead and down trees we have a whole bunch of young hemlocks coming up and they're in the understory they're just way hanging out down here you know low in the understory they're not getting too far in their height and quick growth because the big trees or shading them out and the canopies up above is not allowing enough light but they're lucky because they're hemlocks and they can hang out and withstand this low light condition for a very long time so um before you know until one of the trees next to them blows over or, or something then there's their chance to race up against each other if yeah so well, i'm talking about trees here uh, trees are probably more interesting than most people realize. Uh, have you ever read that, um, that book? Um, what's it called? Uh, oh gosh. Oh, uh, I can't exactly remember, but it's about tree communication and how trees signal to each other uh, through their stomata, which are basically the pores of their leaves or their needles. Uh, they, they emit chemical signals uh, out into the you know, airborne environment where um, inside of the wind plume, these, uh, these uh, chemical scents are then taken and absorbed by the stomata of the, the pores of the leaves of the other trees. And they sense that uh, information and start producing similar chemicals to withstand, say, the... the um, infestation of beetles right and they're communicating to each other similarly through their root structure uh, and there's a whole complex um, network of roots down there uh, underneath my feet right now where I'm standing because I'm standing next to this um, this you know it's this pretty nice cedar and uh, 
some sweet spruce are everywhere here. And I'm using these terms to just generally describe them as being awesome. Um, and But the network of uh, roots are just connecting them all together. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a complex of species. You've got hemlocks, you've got spruce, you've got cedar, there are a few uh, pines, but there's not so many pines in here, really. And um, yeah, this this interlaced root network is all underneath my feet, and um, they apparently share sugars. Some of these trees, and they also share electrical impulses, which signal similar to the chemical um, uh, signaling that's done um, through the air, like I earlier described. There's a burrow underneath this big honking spruce. Yeah, you go down to where these, these, these logs are just like beamed up against the bottom of a big tree and you see these little dens. We don't have um, a lot of mammals here in terms of diversity, so it's really kind of uncommon to find an active den for any species, um, unless you're just an active hunter or you're just out, I mean, hunting their dens or you're um, out just booting around a lot yourself anyhow. Um, I'm climbing down on my hands and knees now, I'm trying to talk underneath this deadfall. Ooh, hey, there's a bracket fungus. You know, these bracket fungus um, just grow uh, out of dead wood. And they're um, really interesting uh, organisms in the sense, or a fooding body, or a, what are they, they're a fungus. Um, a bracket fungus. It's, uh, look it up. Um, they grow out of uh, dead and dying trees, and they help decompose the tree as far as I know. Uh, but they also um, are useful items. I mean, people used to use them as uh, ink dyes way back in the day, right? In different locations for tattooing. Uh, they ground them up and get the, uh, the the charcoal out of that and create an ink type thing and use it for tattooing. And also, uh, the, the, some of them can be used as punks for carrying fire around and stuff. Uh, yeah, some people do scrimshaw on them. But uh, anyways, they're just these cool things. And there's tons of them around here. That one looked really um, vibrant and white underneath. Um, not dead looking at all, yet it's cold out. So it seems to be thriving at this time of year. Looking really sharp and clean. Oh, I'm looking at this one. Uh, oh, there's two there. These, these big spruces, but they have um, some incredibly weird looking gnarls on them that are quite huge, looking like a I mean, I'm no disrespect, Jimmy Durante, but it kind of looks like a Jimmy Durante nose. Um, but it goes way beyond that. Um, oh boy, even down below. Ha! This, oh, this would be a sweet one to uh, take a picture of, but of course I'm not carrying my camera. Um, because the bottom of it is all very bulbous and uh, a very, you know, uncharacteristically spruce. And this is just a really wild looking tree. I wonder what would cause that. I'm not entirely sure what causes these type of big giant roundy burls. That always actually looks like, you know, somebody's bum. Uh, you know, if they're sitting down and you can see the roots coming out, it's like legs are spread. Um, and there's moss growing all over the back cheeks of the bum. And, uh, but, you know, it's got, and a, it's a bark covered bun, bum. Uh, anyways, I'm going to keep moving. That's not probably that interesting. You know, uh, 
what is this podcast? Um, you know, that's kind of a query of mine. I'm not entirely sure. I'm just re- right now just doing, ba- you know, rambling and I'm talking to you guys in an open conversation. I don't even know who you are. And um, uh, I think ultimately I just want to impart some of my, um, you know, values regarding um, just being alive and, and, and appreciating nature. I guess it's just appreciating nature is all I want to do and talk about. And that's the main thrust of this. Like I'm, I'm in this incredible forest right here, uh, which I'm finding these burls all around me in profusion. And uh, then there's this big old decrepit stump. And of course that big old decrepit stump could be very old. Because you have to remember like the dead and da- the down, dead and dying trees, the big ones that are laying down on the ground, those are old. And they've been laying on the ground for some time. Like uh, when you go through uh, the fire kill forest, you know, you can see the um, evidence of the fire and you know the dates, I can't remember the exact date right now, but you can specify the date, right? And then then you just know, okay, oh geez, that fire, look at that. And look at the condition of that, that snag, that burned out stump or that big, tall, beautiful snag. Oh gosh, my buddy, my good friend, uh, I won't mention too many names here because it's, it's not my right, but my good friend um, uh, brought me into this incredible snag. Oh, yeah, like the area was covered in regenerative forest, so the canopy height was probably about, you know, maybe only 60 or so feet. But, uh, you know, the, tree, the, the, the diameter of the tree trunks would probably be only about, you know, half a meter in general, not even, not even. And uh, but in, and so you wouldn't know this thing was in there. But then inside, in the middle of this, they never did cut down this giant, burned out, hollowed cedar snag, which was just giant. And you know, so like you walking in the woods there, and then my buddy takes you, and he doesn't ever likes to tell you what he's going to show you. He just likes to bring you in, and then uh, let you find it yourself, kind of. And then, so you walk in there, you know, you're like, what are we doing in this regenerative forest? That's not so special. I mean, maybe it is to some, but, you know, kind of a, not kind of, whatever, Uh, what would you say? A snob, maybe sometimes, you know, that's me criticizing myself. If I want to go into a forest, I'd rather pick something maybe more interesting or complex than just an even-age stand of regenerative spruce. Um, But anyways, we're walking through that, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, there it is. And this giant snag. Um, gosh, I can't. I'm just going by memory now. But the, uh, the diameter of that tree would have been. Um, gosh, I'm going to say 16 feet, anyways, at least, because it kind of spread uh, more than that. Because where it spread down, it was way more than that. Because uh, we're kind of spread down. You could climb in and under and look up through the hollow chimney of the core of this burned-out s- spiral structure just be in total awe of the size of it and also to realize it's been sitting there like that for the last 140 years <laughs> and it's still kind of solid in there so if you have to imagine like you know even this big burned out snag um, how long is it going to take to degrade quite a long time so that's what I was talking about when I was talking about earlier about sometimes we might involve ourselves with ideas in space time um, because there we have different temporal or time-related um, um, 
different levels of awareness and we have different spatial levels of awareness um, sometimes. Uh, like for instance, if you um, are a tree then, uh, or and you want to create a, and you, or you're a, an area that needs to have, create a forest or you want to have a life as a tree, you know, it's going to take you in general at least a hundred years as they say, right, to become even, just to even get started. Well, I mean, if any human could last 100 years, you know, you consider them lucky, right? And put them on Facebook and send it around the world and hope you get a lot of hits. But it takes a tree, you know, I'm talking, you know, there's a plethora, a plethora of trees, plethora, plethora of trees. Uh, and of course, it varies throughout. But I'm talking in general. Um, it takes them like 100 years. And then the, that's when they get going. And so they live in a different sort of time scale and sense of awareness than we do so yeah so this forest see once I start diverging from my central topic you've probably realized by now that I go in various directions it's a curse for me um, but maybe it's also one of my more essential characters characteristics um, so it's just the way it is with me so if you can tolerate that then cool <laughs> but if you can't that's fine you can turn this off and I'm okay with that um, I'm just doing this and I'm gonna become better at this and I'm gonna get more specific about some of these topics if you're interested in learning of course I have no idea how people will ever receive this but I'm gonna keep doing it anyhow because I've got it in my mind that's what I can do keep doing it uh, whatever uh, there's a, before I sign off there's a beautiful beautiful snag like the one I'm talking about it's still standing and inside but everything's dropped off all the limbs but it's got these big arms on it and in the crutch of those arms are um, you know lots of moss which is vibrant green and then a bunch of um, hemlock trees growing out of the branches one day that'll fall off and those trees might still survive down on the ground. Um, it looks like a perfect place for the ravens to cache food. Yeah, okay, well, again, thanks for tolerating this, and hopefully, in some way, it's been entertaining, maybe useful, uh, you know, uh, or not. Maybe just a, a diversion from your day, uh, walking around here with me in this way. So I thank you once again for joining me, and I appreciate your effort in sustaining yourself long enough to listen to this. Thank you very much. Bye. Uh, I didn't. It didn't work. I'm gonna have to still shut it off. Okay. Bye.